Family, what's going on? Happy Father's Day to you. This is Pastor James. I bring you greetings uh, from Hill City Community Church, and I'm so excited to be here on My Church TV, uh, represent. For those who don't know me, uh, and uh, maybe this is your first time tuning in, maybe this is your first time uh, rocking with us, uh, Pastor Tucker is my pastor. Pastor Tucker has been discipling me for years as a way in which um, uh, the Lord really used his life to kind of mold and shape me into what I'm doing on today. So I'm very excited to bring you on the word, bring you all the word on today. And uh, it's a couple things I want to say before we get started. And before I pray, I want to first say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. If you're able to type it or put it into the chat, happy Father's Day. If you are a father out there, if you are a man out there with the potential of fatherhood, I want to say I love you. I'm excited to be here uh, bringing God's word to you. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5. And then secondly, I want to say to all my ladies out there uh, who might be thinking, you know, it's Father's Day. This message isn't for me. This, this, you know, you aren't talking to me. I want to pause and um, uh, challenge you uh, to not just tune out because it's Father's Day to not just tune out and say uh, this message isn't for me. Anytime the word of God is opened up, it is profitable uh, for us to grow, it's profitable for us to receive teaching, profitable for us to receive correction and to grow in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, don't turn your brain off just because it's Father's Day. There is something for you because we're opening up God's word. And with that in mind, let us pray in the name of Jesus before we get started. Uh, Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful uh, to be able to be communicating and sharing right now. And in the name of Jesus, I just ask uh, chiefly, first and foremost, Lord God, that um, the voice behind my voice, God, the Holy Spirit, would you speak uh, through me? Would you uh, allow your word, Lord God, to not only minister to your people, but allow it to even minister to me even as I'm sharing in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray that any word that comes out of my mouth, I pray that there's one thing that it brings you glory. I pray, Lord God, that I have an audience of one that I'm preaching to glorify your name, Lord God. I'm preaching to bring you glory, Lord God, and I'm not preaching out of a fear of man. And as we uh, unearth this story on today, Lord God, would you speak to us, uh, the different kinds of us all over the world right now, Lord God, uh, that God, the Holy Spirit, the voice behind my voice, that you speak to us in a way that we need to hear from heaven, Lord God. There'd be bread from heaven, something that would be shared on today in the name of Jesus, that it would be somebody saying, this was for me. This is God speaking directly to me through this message. So would you do that in the name of Jesus, Lord God? Would you show up in that rich way? We pray all that in Jesus' name uh, and amen. Amen. My subject on today, on Father's Day, is uh, my prayer, my hope, uh, my, my, my title today is that we all need to be the right kind of stupid, the right kind of stupid. Put it in the chat, the right kind of stupid. Some of my favorite uh, stupid people, some of my favorite stupid people, is a guy, his name is Jeff Bezos. He started a little small company called Amazon. And uh, it is my understanding uh, that uh, very early on, people thought this idea was stupid. It was dumb. He had to work out of his garage. He had a small number of employees. And it's so stupid to have this online uh, store, if you will. So stupid to even transport, you know, these online materials to to other people. So stupid. Well, uh, he was the right kind of stupid because this uh, Jeff Bezos guy in Amazon is worth over $100 billion. That's not uh, uh, $100 million, which is which would be great. It's worth over $100 billion. And so he was the, the right kind of stupid. Um, 
another one of my favorite stupid people is uh, H.J. Hines uh, from Hines 57. Uh, and uh, it was my understanding beforehand that it was like Hines 57 uh, had 56 um, uh, catch-up ideas before it. They were all stupid. They were all failures. Well, as I did a little bit more research, and I was so excited to talk about the Heinz 56 and other thing, the reality is there were hundreds of varieties and hundreds of flavors. And the most popular one we know about is ketchup. Another popular one is Heinz 57 steak sauce. But the reality is there were hundreds of duds. There were hundreds of stupids. And had H.J. Heinz stopped at uh, just saying, well, man, this isn't working. Man, people don't really like it. Man, I haven't gone viral. Uh, man, he, he would have sold himself short. So as other people thought it was stupid, I'm glad H.J. Hines was the right kind of stupid. And so on today, what I'm going to be talking about concerning the right kind of stupid, what, what I'm here uh, to speak to us on, on Father's Day is uh, the right kind of stupid looks like this. Faith to believe God against insurmountable odds is the right kind of stupid. Uh, faith to be obedient to God and to be obedient to God, the Holy Spirit, in a way in which it seems stupid to everyone else. But because God told me, I'm going to pray that this mountain be moved. I'm going to pray that someone's eyes would be open. I'm going to be praying that the dead would be raised back to life in a way in, in which we're talking about the right kind of stupid is to everyone else. It seems like the dumbest decision. But what I'm going to do is trust the Lord on Father's Day. I'm here to say I want us to be men. I want us to be people of God who are the right kind of stupid. If I can share with you uh, one of my uh, most recent uh, stupid stories is uh, I'm sitting at a Waffle House. It's me and my two kids. And um, uh, we're sitting here and uh, uh, I believe the Lord is telling me that I need to tip my waitress $100. And I'm saying, geez, you sure, you know, this, you sure $100, right? It's $100. So uh, I tell my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, I say, hey, Isabella, uh, it's uh, time for us to pay for our food. And we also leave a tip. Are you familiar with the tip? Yes, I'm familiar with the tip. And so I slide to her $100 bill. And then go, uh, we need to tip our waitress $100. She goes, Dad, $100? Like this, you know, this is like crazy. $100? Why, why would we do this? And she was, you know, I'm trying to teach her about generosity. I'm trying to teach her about being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Hey, I believe God wants us to do this. And we're supposed to tip, but I believe that this $100 is supposed to be something. So, we make the decision, we're going to tip our waitress $100. So, um, uh, and I give the $100 bill to my daughter. I want my daughter to do it. So we're paying for the food, and uh, and Isabella goes, excuse me, you know, here's your tip. So slides $100. And so the waitress looks at me, and she goes, um, you know, was she supposed to give me this? I don't think she was supposed to give me this. And I go, no, we would love to, to give you $100 to say thank you, right, and, and, and God bless you. Right. And so uh, uh, I'm waiting for the big revival moment. I'm waiting for the angels to start singing. I'm waiting for um, Maverick City worship and, and Fred Hammond and Kirk Funk to start coming out. And, you know, uh, the, you know, Lord, you are good. And, and none of that happened. The waitress was like, hundred dollars. Oh, thank you. Um, Y'all done here. You ready to check out? And I'm just like, oh, my God. It's like what happened to my big moment of like, man, I'm, I'm God. I'm trying to be obedient to you. God, I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I, I gave this one hundred dollar tip. And then I'm thinking, man, did I miss God? Man, did, like, did I miss something? But something magical or euphoric didn't happen after this experience. And what God began to minister to me is like, as I'm trying to seek God and as I'm trying to be the right kind of stupid, here's some realities. It's like uh, uh, Satan would have never wanted me to be generous, right? Um, uh, Satan would have never wanted me to be 
seeking to be sensitive to God. And so if nothing else, if she just got blessed with $100 and it didn't necessarily lead to a salvation or something I could see in the moment, that's still being the right kind of stupid. Because the right kind of stupid is, even though it seems unrealistic to the world around us, if I'm trying to be obedient to Jesus, if I'm trying to lean into trying to be obedient to God, the Holy Spirit, the attempt in itself is what it means to be kingdom. And so on today, as we're talking about the right kind of stupid, we're going to learn about a man whose name is Naaman, found in 2 Kings chapter 5, and uh, he's going to teach us to be the right kind of stupid. 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says this, uh, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and in high favor uh, because uh, by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Naaman, um, our subject, uh, um, uh, the guy who we're going to be studying on today, it says he's the commander of the army. And to simply say um, that the army played a major role uh, in this time in our world's history is, is an understatement. Like you, you had kings. Uh, and for, for those of us who are believers, you had prophets or you had these witch doctor type of people or whatever. You, so you have your kings, you got your spiritual people, and then you have commanders of armies. That's, that's pretty much it. And as a commander of the army, this dude is well known. He's the, he's the popular guy. He, he, he's, he's out before people. He's a mighty man of valor. Uh, he, he is uh, this, this great warrior. He's, he's you know, um, uh, and, and not only that, and the scriptures say, and the Lord is with him. The hand of the Lord is on him. How many people know that when the hand of the Lord is on you, there's nothing that can stop you? Uh, ain't no lions and no lion den that can stop you. Uh, there ain't no walls called Jericho that can stop you. So the hand of the Lord is also on this mighty man of God. But check this out. The text goes on to say, but he was a leper. He was a leper. What is, what is leprosy? This skin disease. Um, um, the, and it's very common in the scriptures to just use leprosy to rep represent maybe multiple different types of skin diseases. But 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 he has this ailment. And uh, I, I'm you know, I hate how sinful our world is. But like, um, though, he's the commander of the army, though, he is this mighty man of valor. Uh, unfortunately, I can see our world knowing him more for his shortcomings and his failures than for his greatness. And I can almost see people being like, Hey, yo, Naaman, um, uh, you know, Naaman, right? And they're like, which Naaman, you know, the, the one who's the leper, you know, why, why not lead out with the one who's the commander of the army of Syria? Why not lead out with the one who's the hand of the Lord is on that Naaman. Um, it's the Naaman who, who's a leper. And, uh, and I hate to say that, uh, uh, not only in this time, but also in our world today, uh, fellas, I, I hated how uh, many of us are known by our old mistakes. Uh, some some high school names we, we might have received. Maybe you were a fighter. And he's like, hey, man, it's good to see you, Steve. You remember when you punched that guy in the face? You know, and uh, always <laughs> referencing these old things. And he'd be like, hey, Steve, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm the Steve now who gave his life to Christ. I, I'm the Steve now who's married to his wife and, and is loving his kids. But that's just unfortunate how how sinful our world is, uh, that we uh, look at people um, to rain on their parade as opposed to praise them. But the story goes on, verse number two, 2 Kings chapter 5. Uh, now, uh, the Syrians, uh, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. And she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, said to her mistress, would 
that my Lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his Lord, thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king said, go now, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 changes of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel. Help me, Jesus. Which read, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And then, uh, and, I'm sorry, and when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word for me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking to quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel tore his clothes, he sent to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel, that there is a prophet in Israel. Somebody say the right kind of stupid. Somebody type it to the chat, the right kind of stupid. Uh, somebody slap the person next to you, say the right kind of stupid. All right. Uh, secondly, one of the things that I want to, to us to see is uh, before we address the faith of Elisha, who, who talks back to the king in, in, in such a, a, a crazy way of like, man, look, I don't know why you're tripping, why you, you know, turn your clothes. There is a prophet in, in Israel and my man's is going to be restored. But before I talk about the, the faith of Elisha, I want to talk about the faith of a servant girl. If we go back to what we just read, verse number two, the Syrians on one of their raids carries off this little girl. So who was Naaman again? Naaman is the commander of the Syrian army. And on one of their raids, they carry off a girl from Israel. Now, this girl from Israel is now serving Naaman's wife. She's around Naaman. She's around Naaman's wife. She's around Naaman's family. She sees that Naaman has leprosy. And she's like, yo, I'm going to tell you what. If my man Naaman were to go back to um, where I'm from, if my man Naaman were to go back to Samaria, I promise you he would be healed of his leprosy. Now, what type of faith does this little servant girl have to have the audacity to tell the commander of the army of Syria, I guarantee your healing if you would just go back to my home country. I guarantee that God would show up if, if you were to go back to, to Samaria. And I say all that to say this. Um, uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, uh, for those who are watching, uh, do you have this type of faith in Jesus to where you would say with such conviction and such vigor, just like this little girl did, that like as you encounter people who have issues, as you encounter people, people on your job or people out and about, that you would say to them, man, if you only knew Jesus, all this would change. That you believe in Jesus enough, that you believe in Jesus in such a way so that with great conviction, just like this little slave girl said, look, man, I know your marriage is, is crazy. I know your marriage is in shambles, but you need to try Jesus. I, 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 I beg you uh, to, to go back to the home country, get, get, get connected to a church, get connected to my church, get connected to this platform, because on this platform, there is healing that is guaranteed for you because of Jesus Christ. Man, how stupid is that? How how crazy, how out of mind is that? Well, I want to tell you about this little girl. She has had some experience in Samaria. She has had some experience with the kingdom of God, to which she says, look, I'm going to tell you this. Man, I wish my man named him could go back home because he'd be healed immediately. Do you have the faith of a servant girl to say, man, if you only knew Jesus, your marriage could be restored. If you only knew Jesus, your your 
Uh, obviously, there is mental health issues that are serious, and I don't want to downplay the seriousness of anxiety. I don't want to downplay the seriousness of depression. There are some things that need to require some professional help. I'm all for that. But for the matters that fall under the spiritual realm, do we have the audacity to say, I'm going to tell you what, your anxiety, it needs Jesus. Your depression, it needs, it needs Jesus. Your marriage, it, it needs Jesus. Uh, the things that keep you up at night and your, and, uh, uh, your struggles, it needs Jesus. And this servant girl said it with such authority. She's like, look, I'm going to tell you what, Naaman, at my word, I'm telling you, you need to go back to Samaria. Not, not only is, is, is her faith story rich, also Elisha's story is rich. Verse number seven, I'm going to repeat it. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and says, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, am I God? I can't do this. I can't kill nobody. I can't make nobody alive. Man, how can I heal someone of leprosy? Then he says, Man, this guy must hate me. He must want to fight me to, to, put, to, put, to say something like this. This is crazy. Then Elisha, when he hears of it, responds back in verse 8. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel tore his clothes, he said to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me so that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. Not only is there faith in a servant girl, there's a faith in an Elisha who says, I don't care what the issue is. Uh, I know that my God is able to respond. I know that my God is able to show up. I know that my God is able to uh, uh, move with power. And uh, please send him on uh, because God is going to show up mightily, mightily uh, in his life. Let's keep on going with the story. We're in verse number nine. This is 2 Kings chapter five. Uh, Somebody type into the chat the right kind of stupid. Somebody type into the chat the right kind of stupid. We're still still going. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots. He stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored and you will be clean. I'm saying it again. Elisha sent a messenger to him. Elisha didn't go himself. He sent somebody, hey, my, you know, go tell my man Naaman this. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. Verse 11. But Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not uh, Abana and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away enraged. Uh, my church, have you ever um, uh, gotten your hopes up so much only to just have them ruined, just absolutely ruined? Um, I uh, um, was taking my kids to Bush Gardens. Uh, my kids, oh my gosh, they love theme parks. They love anything that's dangerous. Roller coasters, playing in the street. Oh, they are just, um, you know, uh, real adventurous on, on all these things. And I was so excited. I was talking about Bush Gardens and we're looking at videos and we're talking about what we're going to do and, where, and the rides we're going to go on. And so I am meticulously going on to uh, the Bush Gardens website. I got my tickets in advance because if you get your tickets in advance and then go, it's like 50% off. And we're so excited about going to Williamsburg. We're so excited about going to Bush Gardens. And so I'm checking the date. I'm checking their calendar, what they have listed, what they have posted about, what time they open, how long they're going to be open. And so um, when we go, we go in the fall and during uh, sometime between the summer and the fall and when uh, the uh, K-12 school classes start, their hours do change. 
uh, because now over the summer, kids aren't necessarily going Monday through Friday, so some of their hours change. But I'm meticulously watching this calendar. I'm getting our tickets based on all this. We're talking about Bush Gardens. We get our clothes on. We get ready. We're driving. I'm driving. I'm getting there early. We get our coffee. We get our breakfast. We get all this stuff. We, we pull up, and Bush Gardens is closed. And I am... Uh, devastated on one sense, sad, but then I am filled with so much rage. I am like, no, I know I booked it. No, I know what time I booked it. No, I, so I, I get on the phone. I'm calling Bush Gardens. Like, Bush Gardens, yes, how you doing? How can I help you? Well, uh, I'm standing outside. Uh, I'm here with my kids ready to get into Bush Gardens, and y'all closed for the day. Yes, I'm sorry, we're closed for the day. Well, your website says that you're open, and your calendar says you're open. I bought my tickets, and they're like, I'm, I'm sorry, there's, there's nothing you can do. Is there anything else I can help you with? Is there anything else? I can help you with, you can help me with opening up the park and let my kids in. So um, you can imagine uh, all this joy that I had, all the stuff that I talked about is just squashed. It gets, you know, thrown to nothingness. Man, I paid for parking. Man, I paid for um, uh, like the, the best parking. You park right up, just walk right in. And then they have the audacity to have this non-refundable thing on the website. Oh, man, pass it. Tucker, I'm about to ruin your studio. I'm about to rip some stuff down. I was filled with rage. And I say all that to say, imagine how Naaman felt when he has had leprosy his whole life. People talk about his leprosy. People talk about his issues. People talk about his ailment. And with such audacity, the slave girl tells him, I guarantee you, you're going to be healed. I guarantee you, you just need to go back to the homeland. I guarantee you, the prophets are going to show up. Elisha with such boldness is going to say, look, yes, you can be healed. And then he tells him, go wash in this dirty river. And Naaman's joy, Naaman's hopes just get squashed. Man, why are you, you going to tell me to do something dumb as bathe in a river? I'm flipping this thing over. I would be filled with rage as well. And then he goes on to say, the rivers are better in Syria anyway. These old dirty rivers right here. But the text doesn't stop there. Text doesn't stop there. Verse number 13 uh, of uh, 2 Kings chapter 5. I hope you're loving this story. I hope you're blessed by the, the story of, of Naaman. Um, but his servants came near and said to him, my father, it is a great word that the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? So Naaman, verse 14, went down, dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. and He was clean. And he was clean. I um, want to tell you the story behind a basketball player uh, named uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Don't know if you ever heard of Wilt uh, Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain is one of the, um, one of the basketball greats, uh, and uh, there are several records uh, in the NBA. Uh, many will say will never be broken. You know, the, the Warriors won seventy three games in a in a regular season. They're like this is it's impossible, It'll never be broken. You know, uh, th- these many wins. Well, Wilt Chamberlain, one of his his biggest claim to fame is that he scored one hundred points in a single basketball game, and so the Kind of wrap your mind around it. You might not be a basketball fan or know much about basketball, but normally teams only score about 100 points. The team as a whole with everybody, not just the five people on the court, but people on the bench combined scores 100. This guy, Wilt Chamberlain, scored 100 points in a basketball game himself. He scored 100 points in a basketball game himself. I mean, um, when we think about dominant players in the, in, the, in the league, you think about like Michael Jordan, you think about... LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, you think about Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq Diesel, right? You think about all these guys. None of these guys have ever scored 100 points in a basketball game. 
And this guy, Wilt Chamberlain, is the first person and the only person to ever score 100 points in a basketball game. But what is so significant about this story that nobody talks about is that the reason he scored 100 points in a basketball game is because he scored 28 points um, shooting free throws. He scored 28 points just from the free throw line. So just uh, he scored um, close to 30 points just in his free throws. But the interesting story about this is he's a terrible free throw shooter. I mean, he's absolutely terrible uh, at shooting free throws. Uh, if you can imagine trying to pick up uh, um, a golf ball, right, and, uh, and man, I, I'm going to try to throw this golf ball in my trash can that is, you know, 100 yards away from me. It's like uh, this dude, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, shooting free throws. He, you know, his hands are so huge, picks up the basketball, dink, dink, and he can't hit a free throw. And uh, the big story that no one talks about, about how Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points, you can Google this, you can look this up, is because he decided that he was going to shoot granny free throws. Now, I know I'm going to mess up the, the screen here. Just look. I know you can't see, but but he's going to grab the basketball, just like your grandma do, kind of swing between his legs and, and, and shoot free throws. And he uh, shot an incredible wood. Now, let me make sure I get the, uh, the number right. He shot, uh, he, he made 87 uh, 0.5% of the shots he took from the free throw line. He made scored 28 points and he shot uh, 32 free throws. He 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 scored 28 points from the free throw line because of this this granny shot. He scores 100 points. It is crazy. It's pandemonium. People are cheering. Everybody's cheering. And then you would think you would think uh, on the very um, uh, the next season for the rest of his career. You would think for the for the rest of the history of the time that he's played. You would think he's going to do the same thing to Granny Shot. But you know what began to happen? People picked on him. People laughed at him. People were like, "Oh, look at this dumb old Granny Shot. Look at all these things." And you know what's crazy? Wilt Chamberlain never scored a hundred points ever again, and it's all due to the fact that he felt shame. He felt stupid doing a granny shot. He he was concerned about people laughing at him. He this old you know crazy granny shot. He could have scored a hundred points in multiple games. He could have had his free throw percentage continue to increase, and he could have been great. But he thought you know it, it was it was too stupid for him to to you know shoot these granny shots. I want you to know that when Naaman had this experience where he's supposed to go uh, bathe in some dirty river and do all these things, he thought, man, I'm going to look stupid. Man, this thing is going to be stupid. Man, this is going to be the, the dumbest decision of my life. But what is so crazy is Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points by shooting this granny shot. And because of other people thinking it was stupid, it, it, it stops him from greatness. I'm so thankful that Naaman had some godly people around him to remind him, hey, Naaman, I know you might think this is stupid, but, but this is the right kind of stupid that if the man of God is saying you're going to be clean, I don't care if you bathing in a pool of mud. If you're going to be clean, the end result is I need to be the right kind of stupid. My church, uh, man. My church, I, uh, what type of people do you have around you? And I pray you have good, godly people around you. But the people around you, are, are they going to point you to be the right kind of stupid for, for Jesus? Do you have people around you who, as you're saying, man, I'm praying that my life in Christ would grow. And I'm praying that, that, that Jesus would show up rich and mighty in my life. And they might say something simple like, man, are you reading your Bible every day? Well, man, you know what I'm saying? That sounds dumb. I need to I need to go to see some prophet and have him wave his hand over me. And godly people around you going to say hey, it might seem like it's just ordinary. It might seem like it's average. But God has a blessing in that. 
did you know, and just like, you know, this man of God naming right here, uh, we, we have friends around us on today. Did you know, uh, studies show that in five years, you will become just like the five closest people around you. You'll become just like the five closest people around you spiritually. You'll become just like the five closest people around you financially, educationally, emotionally. You will become just like the five people around you. So my challenge is, are you putting people around you who are so kingdom minded that they're going to push you towards being the right kind of stupid? The right kind of stupid. My man, Naaman, here's his friends and they're like, yo, man, it's really not that hard of an ass. Just go bathe in the river. What's going to hurt you? You be healed. Naaman's like, you're right, you know, I'm tripping. He goes, he bathes seven times, and now he's washing, he's clean. He's washing, he's clean. I believe on this Father's Day, men, we need to be the right kind of stupid. And everything um, in this world, I want you to know, every, everything we're taught about in this world, everything we're taught about marriage, everything we're taught about uh, family and kids and wealth building and education, our emotions, if we learned it from this world, more often than not, it's going to have a bend that's leading towards the kingdom of darkness. And we have to unlearn the things of this world and learn the things of God. And many times learning and doing the things of God feels stupid, but it's the right kind of stupid. It's the right kind of stupid. I remember um, talking to family members who don't know or love Jesus uh, about um, um, my relationship with my beautiful wife of 10 years. I'm so excited. But they begin to ask me, oh, you, you, you ain't got nobody on the side? Man, like you're in the best shape of your life. You're looking good. You, you, you ain't got nobody on the side? Man, this seems wild. But this is the right kind of stupid to be faithful to my wife. Right. This is the right kind of this is it seems so crazy to our world, man. You know, we got urges and men, we got needs and men, we got struggles. I mean, the devil is a liar for you to believe that I can't control myself. I can't contain myself. Man, I'm going to be the right kind of stupid and choose to be with my bride. Hey, hey, um, fathers, men out there, anybody who's watching. My prayer for you to be the right kind of stupid, it's all about the kingdom of God. It's all about you saying, God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, however it is that you want to speak to me, if it is to bathe in the Jordan River for, for seven times so that I can experience healing, if it is to just simply regularly tune in to my church so that God can speak to me, if it is I need to be reconciled in my marriage, if it is that I'm putting in too much time at my job, if it is that I'm not working hard enough, whatever it is, Lord, it might seem stupid to someone else, but Lord God, if I'm obeying you, it is the right kind of stupid. And I just pray that we would have the audacity as men to engage in uh, being the right kind of stupid that we're saying. I'm not concerned about anyone else, what they're saying or what they look like while doing it. I am here to honor Jesus no matter what it looks like. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I just pray, Lord God, 2 Kings 5 over all of us, Lord God, that we would be the right kind of stupid no matter what people say or what they look like, Lord God. We want to see and experience your kingdom. And we pray all that in the name of uh, Jesus. Uh, I want to um, uh, just speak uh, as I close to uh, people who might be watching this broadcast who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. And you might have thought it was stupid to uh, to check this video out. You might have thought, man, I um, I'm just giving one last ditch effort to just click on something or watch something. I don't know how I fell upon this channel or how I connected with it. Uh, well, I want to say it's not by happenstance or circumstance and it's not stupid at all. And, and if you think it is, it's the right kind of stupid. And it's because we believe 
uh, that right now, uh, through these airwaves, uh, it is an opportunity for Jesus to connect with you directly. It's an opportunity for you to experience salvation through Jesus. And if you're watching this broadcast and you're saying, man, like, I, you know, what must I do to be saved? Like, how, how do I connect with Jesus? And the scriptures are pretty simple. In Romans uh, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, who uh, essentially uh, it's going to go on to say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But it starts by saying, if you uh, have belief in your heart uh, in the finished work of what Jesus has done, if you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord over my life, that is simple enough for, for salvation. Uh, believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth uh, it, are all the prerequisites that we need for salvation. And if you're watching this broadcast and you said, man, like I actually need to repent. Or, man, I actually need to follow Jesus. Or, man, I've been just living a stupid life and I need to get stupid for Jesus. An opportunity for you uh, th that is before you right now is for you to do a couple things. Repent, repent of your sins and say, man, I actually have been walking and following the way of this world and I need to follow Jesus. Secondly, you need to uh, believe on Jesus, believe in the work that he has done, confessing that. And then thirdly, you begin to walk out your Christian life, but you don't walk it out alone. You walk it out with the with the community of believers we would love for you to stay connected with us. We'd love for you to uh, 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 communicate with us and let us know about uh, how you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you can definitely go to www.lovemychurch.org and contact us. Secondly, if you're watching this broadcast and it just was a blessing to you, we would love to continue to be able to offer um, a ministry like this through the airways. We'd love to continue to offer opportunities like this to continue. And the way we do that is with your faithful and charitable giving. And so we're going to ask you to sow a seed if this has been a blessing. You might say, man, all I got is $5. All I got is $10. Well, we're believing that God would multiply any gift that's given to my church so that it can, it can grow and expand and minister to and bless others. So we thank you. For, for tuning in, and we thank you for your financial gift. And we're excited for anybody who's giving their life to Christ or rededicating their life to Christ. And we're believing that God is going to continue to raise up men to be the right kind of stupid. We love you. God bless you. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit mychurchchannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple, or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.